Good to have you all here. Are we doing well? We're going to, if we're not, we're going to keep smiling anyway. So big thanks to Andrew for speaking last week. We were in Sligo celebrating our little nephew who affectionately refers to me as the man and my son as the boy. And to his aunt as Auntie Claire. Can't tell you more than that. Anyway, um, did you enjoy what Andrew had to say? Maybe enjoys a little bit of the wrong adjective. I listened to him as I was sitting and working and thought, oh, have you recognized you're in a bit of a war zone if you've never realized that before? Have you been putting your armor on or have you been taken out by little enemy missiles throughout the week? And if you have been taken out by enemy missiles, have you learned your lesson yet? Oh, he's straight in. Hard-hitting, but uh, what we need to hear, if you're uncomfortable and you're in direct sunlight, if you want to move to somewhere where it's not direct sunlight, it might be more enjoyable. Okay, so we're also really excited to have small groups back, which will be brilliant. They're the lifeblood of who we are as a church. They're the place that you're going to really get a, a handle on what's going on. About It's an opportunity to dig into the messages. And really, certainly the small group that I've been leading on the Wednesday night, we've got to the place where most of us are pretty honest. And at times you're like, whoa. But most of the time what we hear is that actually most of us struggle with the same things. And here's what we can do. And here's some testimonies of people who are a little bit further on. Um, and it's going to be all right. So if you haven't been to a small group, get yourself to a small group. And I want to give you a brief recap because we have reached the end of our series on Faithful 12 weeks later. Can you believe it? Are we all okay today? We seem all we're just a little bit tired. I was going to go try and go for some crowd participation, but I think we'll just move, move swiftly on. So uh, what I want to say is that we've been looking at, at several aspects of uh, what it means to be faithful, as in full of faith. And I'm aware that this tends to be the beginning of the process sometimes when we stop the message series. It's like when you finish and get your test and learn how to drive, then it's actually when you're on the road by yourself, you realize that's where you're going to learn your greatest lessons. So what I would say to you is uh, revisit this stuff. I'm going to refer to the Mind Matters series today. If you uh, need some help with getting a hold of your thought life, hey, who doesn't? Claire and I were saying to each other yesterday, how are you doing? And she said, just some stuff going on in my head. And I went, you too. And we held hands and said, it's going to be all right, isn't it? We all struggle at different times. So what I would encourage you to do is revisit these series as we go forwards if you have the time to do that. If there's things that hit you as I'm speaking or just throughout the week as you reflect back on what's been said, write it down. It's very helpful. I mean, certainly for me as a process, just writing things down seems to get them in, helps me figure them out, and then I can also refer back to them. So if that's not something that you would do, let me just suggest that to you. So I'm aware that it's the beginning of the process of really letting God reveal to us where we are and what we're really full of. And God does not dwell in fantasy. He only dwells in reality. So God desires that we dwell in reality with him because it's only in reality that he can be our enough. So if you find that on this process of being learning about faithful, you've gone, actually, I'm more full of something else, don't be disheartened. God always points to something that needs dealt with or points to avoid before he fills it. It's just part of the process. James 4, 6, God opposes the, opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And the enemy wants to keep us in fantasy land because there we're going to miss what really is happening, about what's really true about ourselves and about others and about the principles by which life actually functions. I remember hearing Neil Anderson, I think it is in Victory Over the Darkness, he said that freedom is not the choices we make but the consequences of those choices. 
And anybody who's dieting, anybody who's exercising, anybody who's training for anything knows that liberty is not found in the simple choices. It's in the effect and the consequences of those choices. That's a principle by, by which we can live. But most of the time, we think, why can't we just choose anything and there's no effect? Whereas in the, God, the world that God ordained and set in motion, um, you reap what you sow. So let's step into reality and be courageous about that. So we want to be a people who are full of faith. We want to be a people who are faithful. And in this message series, we've been exploring what faith is, what it's not, and how we can live our lives full of it. It's been the season to understand the growth and the application of faith. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and and gentleness and self-control. So it's the season to grow the fruit of faithfulness. And I want to ask you, how are the boughs of your life doing and what buds are forming in your life? Oh, there's the gardening analogies all over again. We're really excited to see the flowers. It's lovely. It's a nice time of life. We all celebrate that. But autumn times when you're going to find the fruit. When all the leaves fall off and it seems that everything's falling apart, actually that's when the fruit really starts to form and starts to get ripe. So like everything, it's a process. God grows us and the enemy offers us the lie that it's all instantaneous. Doesn't he? You know, if it's good, there it is. Well, babies take nine months to grow in the womb. And fruit takes a long time to uh, develop on a plant. And Isaac and I planted two apple trees, seeds, from just an a f- apple that he was eating one day. And I think we're at about year three now. That was, was that the spirit there, Alana? Or was it a flash to stop the wind? Um, so Isaac continually says to me, where's the apples on the tree? And I said, this could take about five years. And he's like, what, five years? And his frustration or my frustration can't speed up the process. It just is what it is. So if you are wonderfully developing fruit in your life and it's great, we want to celebrate with you. That's fantastic. I'd love to eat some. It's just great. If you're incredibly frustrated and your branches are bare and it's... I'm really sorry, but that's the process. If you stick at it, you're going to get there. So don't give up. And the definitions of faith and full. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. Hebrews 11.1. Confidence being support, substance, steadiness, assurance, and the internal persuasion from him. And for the very last time, ladies and gentlemen, the Greek word is pistis. It is always a gift from God, never something that can be produced by people. And in short, for the believer, it is God's divine persuasion and therefore distinct from human belief, though it involves it. The Lord continuously births faith in the yielded believer so that they can know what he prefers. Fool's a measurement. It means not lacking or omitting anything. And the definition I've been using is it's fully persuaded by God. And Andrew last week was talking about fighting the good fight of faith, being convinced by God that we should stand our ground and that we should take our ground and that God really is who he says he is. And today's message, I want to talk about Here It Comes. I was going, that's not a great title. The Here being H-E-A-R. See what it did there? No, that's all right. I did. So I've told this story before, but I was standing in Phoenix in Arizona in January. And every January, Dennis, who is the granddaddy of this house, calls all of the, the leaders that he has relationship with throughout the world to come to a leadership summit in Phoenix. 
and it's great. For those of you who have been there, it's great. And I was standing in worship, and at that time I was still working for Venture Portraits, and I really, really hated working for Venture Portraits. Anybody else been in that place where they don't enjoy the job? None of you? It's all great, isn't it? And I was standing in worship and just worshiping away, and out of me, Rose says, I don't understand! And the Spirit said, I know. You would think that he would comment on it. Take heart, son. It's going to be all right. Just, just wait for a while. Just, just stand your ground. Exodus, let me remind you, Exodus 14, 14. You know, just stand your ground. I'm going to fight for you. It's all going to be okay. That boss that I remember, one of our bosses lost it over there not being tomato ketchup. And at that point, I thought, this is one of the worst places I have ever worked in my life. You'd think he would speak to some of that stuff, the interpersonal relationships that are difficult, the fact that you want to rake your face when you've just started your day or you're about to shoot another family, not, but like with a camera, that come in. You'd think he would talk to that, but instead he said, I know. And for me, at that moment, it made all the difference. I knew that he knew. I understood that if God knows, then he's involved. He's the author. It instantly released grace. I cried and I felt relief. I still had to work there, but my internal reality had changed because God had persuaded me and convinced me of his presence in the difficulty. And because I know him, that was enough. Today's verse is Romans 10, 17. And if you can write it down, please do write it down. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. The first time that Anna said to me, I think she was maybe slightly before two, I gave something to her at, I can't remember exactly where I was, in Hillhead Crescent in Balnehinch in our little house. And she said, thank you, Daddy. And this Daddy started to cry. It was the first time that she ever said, thank you, Daddy. And you may laugh and go, that's just ridiculous. It did something to me. She, I heard her voice expressing thanks and also owning me as her Daddy. And because she called me by name, it further convinced me that I am her daddy. Any of you who know that when you step into a position doing something, are you fully convinced that you know that you should be doing it and you know how to do it? When you started your first job or your job that you were trained for or you become a husband or a wife or you become a parent or, or, or there's some role that you're called into. All of us need a little bit of convincing, even though we've said our yeses. Anybody else? Isaac has to get his his bloods taken regularly to check that his thyroid levels are okay. And one day when I was in work, uh, the phone went, and Claire said he wants to have a word with you. And he said, Daddy, how do I be brave? And at that moment, I got to be his daddy. I got a man up. And I said, then awesome. I said, when you're brave, you have to do the things you don't want to do. And I said, you've got to trust God because he's really good. Claire and I were just dating. And uh, I remember we were uh, just sitting chatting. And she said, right, mate. And I hated it when she called me mate. It was not that your other halves would ever have anything that they would say, just that one word. And really, they're the only person can say that one word and no Helen that's not been your experience she said right mate I went I really don't like it when you call me mate she went you are my mate now 
She just meant buddy, 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 mate, mate, buddy, buddy. I heard the Holy Spirit say, she is your mate. She is your wife. We were just dating at the time. I didn't know that that's where it was going to end up. But when she said that, I knew in my spirit that she was my wife. God had given her to me and that it's all happening. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Where are we going with this? Every time the the Father God speaks to me, he calls me son. And it's his tone of voice. It's the affection with which he says it. Sometimes it's the son. Sometimes it's son. It's just the same word, but it's said very, very differently. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Romans 10, 17. So being convinced and persuaded by God comes from hearing. Comes from hearing. Now, Claire and I have discovered that we like to talk an awful lot, but we aren't that great at hearing each other. And one of the things we're learning to say is, what did you hear me say? And when we reiterate what we've heard, it sounds nothing like what we've actually just said. She's laughing and smiling because the last time was she said that to me. I'll wait for my opportunity. Don't worry, I'll come. So being convinced and persuaded by God comes from hearing the living voice speak a living word. This is relationship. John 15, 4 to 5, remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. When God said to me, I know, he said, I see you. In that I know, he said, I am with you. In that I know. And he said, I am enough in that I know. Do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what I hear? Let me read this to you. This is John 12, 27 to 30. Jesus said, now my soul is troubled and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice from heaven came and said, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there heard it, said it it had thundered, and others said an angel had spoken to him. And Jesus said, this voice was not for my benefit, it was for yours. There's a difference between hearing something and there's a difference between hearing someone. And I'm sure all of you have been moved by moments in nature, yes? Have you had those moments where you just stand and go, oh, oh my goodness. Or there's a sunrise or something happens or it can be something simple. Well, that statement is partially true. But what I've come to discover is it's not nature that moves me. It's the hand that created nature. It's not the beauty in the sunrise. It's the beauty of the sun. Psalm 19, 1 to 4, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is ever heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. There's a difference between hearing something and hearing someone. And you have to clear your ears to be able to hear. So what do you think could stop you from hearing him? Just broaching into crowd participation. We're just testing the waters. We'll see how this goes. What could stop you from hearing him? Stress. Anything else? 
Busyness. Laziness. Fear. Stubbornness. Oh boy, they're all coming. Any, any, any other men like to say anything? Lack of relationship. Absolutely. Anything else? What about how you see things in your worldview? Well, God stopped speaking. Have you ever heard that? No, the Lord doesn't speak like that anymore. I remember hearing somebody say, he doesn't care whether you believe that or not. What about the bits of your worldview, which, as Charles Craft says, is your, remember that? AMI? Intern? No? Ruth, you with me? Control, just smiling on. Charles Craft says that it's your control box of reality, how you view things, how you see things, what you think is going to happen. We did a whole message series on worldview about it's about, uh, about this and not about that, and how when you put on certain glasses, you can see certain things clearer, but you can't see other things. Your v- worldview will stop you and make you go, oh, isn't that a beautiful sunrise? If you can take your glasses off and go, hold on a second, there's a creator behind this sunrise. It's just taken my breath away. Maybe he's saying something to me. What is it that he's actually saying? Other voices that you're listening to, fear, false evidence appearing real. Remember the spies in the promised land? There were 12 of them. 10 of them came back. That's 83% came back saying, no, there's no way that we can do this. It was only two of them, which was 70% believed God more than they believed the enemies that they saw. Would you like to be part of the 17%? And we think that at some point there's going to be the other 83 are going to go, Oh, I'm convinced. Oh, we can do this. I don't think that it's ever going to be like that. I think that if we want to do this, we're going to have to accept that we're going to be in the minority. And actually, the minority then will be the ones who are out at the front saying, come on, we can do this. And maybe some in the majority will go, hold on a second. We can get into the promised land if we follow these guys. Let yourself be fully persuaded. Be part of the 17%. The word affirms relationship. The Word of God has a tone to it. It's gentle, it's full of authority, and it's strong. And there's the Logos, which is the Word of God, as in the Word of God, that we can read through. And then there's the Rama Word, which is the now Word of God, which is the living voice speaking a living word, which is exactly what is the uh, word that is used in that verse of, so faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. That is the Rama Word of God. So you need to be fully convinced by the living voice speaking a living word right here and right now so that faith will come. Now, he will never speak in contradiction to his word, his Logos word, but he will speak. I want to tell you um, about, I was in, I must maybe was 12 or 13 years old, and it was in our youth group in church. And a guy came and spoke to us, and he spoke to us about occult and demonic things. And I don't know why that that was allowed to happen. But anyway, when I went to bed that night, I experienced, you know that kind of fear that you're in your bed and you're absolutely terrified and cannot move? You ever had that one? It's gripping and you feel like you can't get past it. Well, please know that that is not from God, that there's freedom from that. If that's your experience, please let us minister to you after this. But it's demonic and it's dark. It has no power over you unless you yield to the experience that you're going through. Does that make sense? So I didn't know any difference. So I was just absolutely terrified. It's the worst 
fear I think I've ever experienced. So the next morning I woke up, I was speaking to my mom, and I said, Mom, look, I'm feeling like this. And she said, why don't you go and speak to our minister? I thought, well, never thought of that. Sad indictment of the times. But I'd never thought of that. And after school I went round and I went in and I went, Hi, um, uh, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. I'm feeling like this and this and this and this. And he went, don't worry, we won't let anything happen to you. Off it went. Now, was that just because he was a minister? What was that? Do you know? Have you had experiences like that? Somebody says something to you, and for some reason, just the way that they said it, how they said it, and something just lifted off you. Have you all had that experience? So was that the person? Was it? It was. Was that the Holy Spirit? It's Claire's phrase. It's both and. He's the stained glass window that the sun is shining through. And God used that man with that particular tone of voice, with the age that he was at, with the kindness on his face, with the way he said it at the moment he said it, but it was the Holy Spirit speaking through a man, but it was still the man. The gold in all of this is, if you can let yourself be persuaded, no matter how he speaks, when he speaks, or through whom he speaks, if your worldview is he only speaks this way, you will miss it. But if you can embrace that he's a very big God, he can get to anybody, anywhere, at any time. And we need to be able to recognize him when he comes knocking on our door. Romans 10, 17, so faith comes from hearing and hearing comes from the word of Christ. So that situation was the presence of the Spirit of God speaking the love and protection of the Father to a son. I didn't even know I was a son at that point. Hearing those words from the word convinced and persuaded me that nothing would happen to me and that I was going to be all right. And I did not have another night being terrified and gripped by that fear again. Just because he said, we won't let anything happen to you. The word creates. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. There was evening and there was morning the first day. Genesis 1, 1 to 3. John 1, 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. How many times have we heard that, particularly at Christmas? And it just sounds nice, but let's dig into this. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. So how did God create? He spoke a word. Who is Jesus Christ? He is the Word. God is still speaking. The Word is still creating. That's why the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Revelation 19.10. And I've said this many, many times, but when you give your yes to God, so if you struggled with something and you have wrestled with God to hold on to God in the presence of other things trying to wrestle your grip away from Him, if you haven't given up and you've overcome something, you can prophesy to other people that they can do exactly the same. 
because the word has come to you. Faith comes by hearing and it comes by the word of God. The word has come to you. You've believed that word, being fully persuaded by that word. Then that word starts to create. God said, let there be light and there was light. So as he created in you the ability to believe him, stand on what he said to do, you know this to be true, don't you? So when you've done that, you can say to other people, I know how you feel, but you can do this too. If you're struggling with something, go and find a bunch of people that have overcome it. Don't go to the people here in the middle of the mess. You need them too, right? But don't go to them for advice. You go to the people who are out of that mess, who have got themselves out of that pit and could say, come on, you can do this because their, pers- their perspective is greater and they've got faith that is no longer faith that is actually realized as a thing. So let the word of Christ that dwells in you find its fruition. Let it grow and let it become a tree that other people can swing off, enjoy the fruit of, sit underneath, enjoy the benefit from Become that person. You know what? None of us lives to ourselves. The word slices and it dices. Ooh. Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. I've all told you the story. There was one time that we were having an argument and I came away and I was like, I just want, oh, I just want blood from this. And the Holy Spirit said, is mine enough? Yeah, I'm really, really, really sorry. I really did not mean what I said. And you see any of that offense that I have and the, the eye for an eye thing that I'm operating under? Your blood's enough. I'm really, really sorry. The Word of God is living and it's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword and it divides the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. It divides between soul and spirit. So can you take the hit on this one this morning? I've said this so many times, but I want to say it again. There's three verses that will change and transform your life, okay? So if you're going to listen to this, you've got to agree to the fact that you're going to let go of what you've held on to. Is that all right? Okay. So you've heard this before, Romans 12 too. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you let and work at having your mind renewed, you'll be transformed. Are we in agreement? Okay. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power and of love and of a sound mind. Right? So who gave you that spirit of fear? Certainly wasn't God. 2 Timothy 1.7. And then 2 Corinthians 10, 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that set itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Is it saying that that is not possible? So what's it saying? What's it saying to you? What are you convinced of whenever you hear that? It's for other people? that you're not transformed by the renewing of your mind, that that spirit of fear that hounds you is okay, that the thoughts that come through your mind, well, just we just tolerate them and that's all too hard, or top down is it saying, you can do this. If you've accepted that Jesus is who he says he is and that his death means that it's all okay, if you've accepted that, then you can become who you really are. 
It's on the table right here and right now. See all of the stuff that you're thinking, I need to do that one day? It's on the table right here and right now that you can start your way out of that. You are no longer a slave to anything. Is that the truth? You're no longer a victim to your circumstances. Is that the truth? Are you a victim to your past? Or what might happen in the future? Or what's going on in the present? All that is stopping you now is what you are letting yourself think. What you're letting yourself be, believe and what you're letting yourself be persuaded of. Those three verses could change your life forever. If you get yourself accountable, and what accountability is, it means to people who are going to call you up to who you really are. If there's something hidden that's tormenting you, if you're sitting here today and you feel like you've got a dirty little secret and you don't want to tell anybody about that dirty little secret, you need to act in the opposite spirit. And you need to go and tell somebody. Tell somebody who's safe. Tell somebody who you know is not going to betray your trust, okay? Don't go to people who are just going to blab it about. Find someone you know that's airtight, that you can go to, and you can say, this is where I'm really at. You see the very act of doing that thing? Part of it will shrivel. It won't even stand because you've just put the light on it. Get yourself accountable. If you've believed that this is all done between you and God, I am sorry, but you've been buying a lie. You need to be in relationship. You need to be in relationship in church. I've seen again and again how I have allowed the enemy to have power because I've believed what he's been saying. And what shocks me even more is the minute that I stop believing him, everything starts to change. So we have, as I said, lots of um, different message series available on the website, particularly about mind matters. And if you want to take the invitation, remember this is the year of Catalambano, taking hold of the opportunities. It's about realignment. It's about reorientation. And it's September, so the year's ticking along. But if you can hear that there's an invitation from the Spirit to you this morning to live differently, then I would encourage you to just revisit some of those messages that are online. Would you stand with me? Can I get you guys up? I appreciate that a lot of this stuff can be very hard-hitting. And I appreciate that sometimes it can sound like I'm being a bit of a broken record. But what I want to say is that this is the truth. This is how it works. If you want to change your life, get a hold of how you're thinking. If you're an external processor like me, it's really, really helpful for me to say, this is what I'm thinking. My thoughts are going this direction. And give somebody else the permission to, to sort through. It's a bit like you've got gold in your pocket somewhere. But inevitably, there's some fluff in there. And normally, there's like a paperclip or there's, you know, there's a wee bit of other money or something else is going on or other things that we don't want to talk about. But as you pull it out of your hand and you say to somebody, I think there's gold in here, and you let them sift through that, they can say, there's a the gold right there. But you see your pocket that's bulging and uncomfortable for you? You can just get rid of that and get rid of that and get rid of that. So take heart this morning. Take courage this morning. There are relationships that are present here that you haven't dug into yet. And they come in packages that you're like, I don't know how we would get on. That just don't seem to be really like me. I don't know. They're probably the very ones that you should knock on the door. Go and get a cup of coffee with each other. Take a risk. Reach out. Say to somebody else, why don't you come to church? These seats can be full. Soak in your hearts. Holy Spirit, we recognize your presence here among us this morning. 
And I'm doing this slightly differently because I want us to recognize opportunity. What do you hear him say to you? So there's some questions to help you to respond. Do you need to posture yourself to be expectant to hear the voice of Jesus? Do you need to hear that you really are a child of God and you have every right to stand here? It's not for everybody else. It's also for me. Do you want to stop listening to all the other voices and begin to really listen to the only voice that matters? If you can answer yes to that, or you simply want ministry, please come and join me now at the front.